Atamare, good morning. Morning seems fitting because it is a stunning day where I am right now. I hope you're doing really well and welcome to the 21st episode of the Scrap Paper Pioneers podcast. First things first, thank you so much for listening to my voice. It's an honor and a privilege to be able to do this. And I just wanted to share some incredible voices that I'm listening to and being challenged by right now. First things first, thank you so much for listening to my voice. It's an honor and a privilege to be able to do this. I just wanted to share some incredible voices that I recommend and that I'm loving and being challenged by right now. I'll put them in the show notes as well. But some artists that I'm loving are Toby Nwigwi, Emily Muli, Chica, Lady Six, Lizzo, Rodrigo y Gabriela, and Sam Henshaw. Some podcasts that I'm finding super good are Everyday Māori, RNZ, He Kākano Aho, RNZ Kiwaha, Give It A Go, Taranga and Bread Table Talk, and a new find that I've had is the Female Athlete Podcast. Some films, some super good ones actually. My all-time favourite, Hidden Figures. If you haven't seen it, it's a brilliant film and I absolutely love it. And I've just finished the eye-opening and super inspiring The Rising Phoenix on Netflix. Some books that I'm reading at the moment, uh, I'm reading Serena Williams, Queen of the Court, and I've just finished Tim Cook, the genius who took Apple to the next level. All super good, and I highly recommend. If you have any recommendations for me, I'd love to hear them. Feel free to message us, Scrap Paper Pioneers, on Instagram. If you have any voices you'd love to share or uh, are keen to kind of promote as well. Deconstructing paradigms. That is today's topic. It seems quite ambiguous, but hopefully people understand where I'm coming from. I want to talk about some of the really big things facing our world and us as a collective today. That is systemic racism, oppression, discrimination in any form in any place. And I want to be talking about those things and share a little bit of my journey with um, deconstructing some of the paradigms that I have. And yeah, I just think it's a really important conversation to be having right now. And I'd love for us to come away from this podcast, myself included, with a bit of a challenge and feeling like you could go out and have a conversation with someone about it. I think that's one of the most empower, like empowering things that we can do is go out and have a conversation with someone and just really talk about it. But then also to create action and change. I think that's really important as well. So let's get to it. Have you guys ever heard the saying that talks about the fact that we're surrounded by air and we know that, right? We're fully aware of that. But then there's a fish in water. And does a fish know it's in water? I've always found that such a funny thought and I don't really know. Surely, oh yeah, who knows, eh? But I think that's such a good example um, to kind of start this conversation off around deconstructing paradigms. In 2019, I had the absolute privilege of attending a conference uh, that Sonia Renee Taylor was speaking at. Now, Sonia Renee Taylor is an incredible spoken word poet and the author of The Body is Not an Apology. Uh, She's just an international speaker and is absolutely amazing. She said some things that 100% stuck with me Um, and I ended up using for a research project that I did as well. And she's so incredible. So I'm just going to share some of her words. Our system values bodies differently. 
Marginalised bodies are more criminalised than others. Where we choose to police is where we will find crime. And where we are looking for it is based on our perceptions of our identities. People are disproportionately impacted based on their space in society. She continues to say, we become proficient in the language we grow up in. We become proficient in the language we grow up in. This is an uncomfortable conversation for a lot of people, I think. Um, but I think it's so important as well. I've talked about getting out of your comfort zone and being in the place that you grow in the past. And so if this is outside of your comfort zone, good on you. 100% stick through it and you'll be stronger on the other side, I think. Today, I really want to share about this never-ending process of deconstruction. Deconstructing and pulling to pieces the paradigms through which we see the world. So a paradigm I would say that is kind of a lens so imagine yourself wearing glasses and you put some glasses on and that's almost your paradigm the way you see the world if you see the world from a place of abundance or a place of scarcity or yeah it's a really really interesting thought but especially in relation to those who may different may be different to us different colored skin different abilities different ways of processing information like neurodiversity and Together, there are some things that we're fighting. So systemic racism, discrimination, sexism, all of all of these things, because wherever they are, they're holding people back. And that actually holds all of us back. I never watch the news. I would love to be a bit more updated. And I think this is something I'm going to set for myself, but in a filtered way. Uh, if you have any suggestions, please let me know. But I find it so hard to watch everything that's going on in the world and that's probably why I should be watching a bit more I think challenging myself in that way but I still need to keep close tabs on my mental well-being as well but the news has always been something that we've never really watched in our family growing up and so it's not really been a huge part of my life but I do find I find out about the major things happening in the world in other ways as well uh, which is really good but I often find it really overwhelming. Uh, so we came out of a, a big multi-day tramp and one of the first things that we did is turned on the news and it's quite overwhelming I think when you see all of these things happening in the world at once and I found that really hard because I look at it and go and I see all these things that need to be shifted or torn down um, there are systems and structures and spaces and perspectives and paradigms that I think need to shift or need to be deconstructed. And it's really hard to watch that. So part of my challenge to myself is, one, I'm going to try to expose myself to that more and more in a way that is still okay for me and still healthy. But I strongly believe that the systems and structures that we've created that are discriminating against people, oppressing people and marginalizing are actually made up of our collective actions. So the small things we do on a daily basis and the ways we see the world, so the glasses that we wear, the paradigms that we wear and see the world through, actually create these systems and structures that govern our societies in the ways that they oppress people so we're actually creating these things and i think what's amazing about that is we can actually rebuild and reimagine 
our systems and structures and spaces in a whole new way by addressing our paradigms and perspectives. So if we change our individual actions, we're changing our collective action and acting collectively as well, we can actually shift this. I think one of the most amazing things I've ever heard actually was this funny quote, which is humanity's crisis is a lack of imagination, which I actually think, I can't even remember who said it, but it's so fascinating because it's kind of true. We sometimes will just survive with something and just keep surviving with it, even though it's not serving us properly and even though we have the power and ability to change it. Like I think about, I have, um, I ride my bike quite a lot to work and uh, there was something wrong with my bike that meant that I was actually like scraping my skin away on part of my leg because it was rubbing against it when I was riding. And I probably lived with that for like three weeks just because I didn't actually make the time to fix it. And then I finally fixed it and biking was so much easier and more comfortable and I wasn't hurting myself. But I think a lot of our systems and the ways that we um, govern, govern ourselves or spaces or there's things that are hurting people and we can kind of be like me on my bike for a very long period of time where we're just surviving and even though it's hurting us as a collective and, and individuals are suffering because of it. So I think that's what's really exciting is that even though some of the stuff going on in the world can be overwhelming and really quite scary or disrupting and it can bring up a whole lot of emotions for people, the amazing thing is that we can rebuild and reimagine the way that we live and the way that we orientate ourselves so that the people who are marginalised are actually be able to uplifted in our communities and can actually rebuild themselves and have the ability to be empowered to empower their people as well, which is so cool. So let's look at systemic racism. I'm from Aotearoa, New Zealand. So I'm going to use the example uh, from our shores, um, something that's quite close to home, but is also echoed throughout the world, um, which is the oppression of indigenous peoples. And like in America, um, the oppression of African-American people as well. So there's certain groups of people who are oppressed around the world, whether they're indigenous or um, have been displaced. There's so many different spaces. But in Aotearoa, I'm going to provide a few examples, okay? Brace yourselves. One in 142 Māori are incarcerated, which is put into jail, compared to one in 808 non-Māori or Pākehā non-Māori. That's almost five and a half times more. Five and a half times more. According to Dr. Karamea Mula, who commentates, the pathway to imprisonment is paved with systemic bias. She continues, in healthcare, 53% of Māori and 57 or 47% of all Pacific deaths are attributed to potentially avoidable causes of death, compared with 23% in non-Māori, non-Pacific. This hurts me. Like reading these facts and reading some of the research around this is really painful. It makes me a little bit angry or, or a lot angry at sometimes, upset. 
And I really challenge you, like, if your response to some of these facts and to systemic racism is kind of nonchalant or dismissive, um, please do go do some research. Read people's stories and experiences and find out how people who are different to you experience daily life and the challenges that they face just an everyday basis, going to the grocery store, these little things. Because I may not watch the news, but the first step that I took in kind of deconstructing some of the paradigms that I have and realizing my unconscious bias, which is basically um, you imagine the glasses that you're wearing as your paradigm, not being aware that you had glasses on your face in the first place, not being aware that this is the lens that you're viewing the world through. That's your unconscious bias. So for me to start realizing and become aware of this pair of glasses that I'm wearing and how I view the world like a fish kind of who lives in water but doesn't comprehend that it's even in water, one of the first things I did was start to listen to people's experiences. So having conversations with people, hearing their stories, listening, really listening, uh, building relationships with people, podcasts, musics, <laughs> musics, music, books, all these things, and starting to listen more than you're speaking, I think is really important as well, because you have to create that space for someone else to be able to step up and share their voice, which is obviously ironic because I'm talking in a podcast. But listening to voices who provide a different lived experience of the world than your own. Going back to Sonia's conversation, like we become proficient in the language we grow up in. This is such a great example of kind of the myself being unaware of the glasses I was wearing and viewing the world is something I'm trying to grow in at the moment is I used to really struggle remembering people's names who were probably different to the world that I grew up like I grew up around quite um what I would say English names or what some people might class as white names and were often that's just kind of the language I grew up around and the names that I became confident in pronouncing and sharing about and so I found that I wasn't remembering people's names as well if they were different to some of the names that I've grown up around hearing and that is really really sad I think because a name is part of someone's identity it's who they are and it's part of how they share themselves with the world and it has a lot of meaning as well different names have lots of meaning and so for me to not be remembering someone's name because it didn't sound similar to the ones I grew up hearing or practicing saying, then that to me is really, really sad. And so that's something that I became more aware of and I'm trying to grow in remembering people's names and pronouncing them properly. It's just a, it seems like quite a small broken down example, but I think it's a really tangible example of that proficiency in the language that we grow up in and then starting to realize like, hey, I'm not fluently speaking this same language or I can't I'm not seeing the world through this perspective and trying to take those glasses off a little bit as well and put some new lenses in and get an, get a bit of an upgrade <laughs> maybe this is a new ad that speak savers should do that'd be actually really good but yeah anyway so yeah it seems quite small but it's so significant so I'm starting to see it all as a bit of an onion right so you're peeling back the layers and the ways the weird ways that I see the world and the fish realizing that I'm surrounded by water 
sifting through the bits that are surrounding you is really important. So when you become aware of the fact that you're a fish in water, then going, okay, what in here is uplifting other people and what in here is hurting other people? And just allow yourself to slowly and gradually explore the, or fast, and just throw yourself in if you want to, whatever works for you. Explore what's hurting and what's uplifting and start to discard the stuff that's hurting. Take that out of your life, try to remove it, um, become aware of what you're saying, how you're treating people, and even just these subtle things as well. Once you start to sever those parts off, you, I think it's almost like a snowball effect. You just start to become more and more aware of these things that are unconsciously how you're operating in the world or what you're saying and what you're doing, all that kind of thing. And then for me, part of that as well was acknowledging the privileges that I hold. Now, I understand that for some people, the word privilege brings up a lot of different things. And some of the conversations I've had with people, people find the word privilege really hard or abrasive and they kind of rub up against it in the wrong way. And if that's you, I really encourage you to lean into that and ask yourself what makes that word uncomfortable. To me, acknowledging the privileges that I hold is an ongoing process. Uh, So for example, I use she, her pronouns. I identify as a wahine, as a female. I'm pakia, so non-Māori, and am able-bodied. So I have four functioning limbs and kind of um, am able to move around quite freely in the world. I've experienced the world in a way that's so different to you. Just because I'm me and there's no other me on the planet, but I've experienced the world in a way that has a lot of privilege as well. For example, the color of my skin is white. I have four functioning limbs. And like I said, being able to move, it it allows me to move freely in a way that other people cannot. And I think important to note in here, uh, sometimes people can feel a little bit like by acknowledging the challenges that someone else is going through and the oppression and discrimination someone else's faces is facing belittles your own. And I think for me, um, part of addressing that is feeling confident in who I am and that making space and recognizing the challenges that someone else is going through doesn't at all devalue who you are and the challenges that you might be facing, but there's actually enough space for everyone And I think when you start to see the world in that way, it's not like a pie. You're not taking by, you're not by making more space for someone um, to express themselves or you're not taking your own space away. And I think if you can find wholeness in who you are, it's much easier to be able to acknowledge the pain that someone else is going through without it feeling like it's a personal attack on you. And I think that's really important to note as well. But yeah, so I've experienced the world through privilege, how I would say. I've not had to overcome or handle or even like process or experience the hurt from daily experiences of discrimination. with The, the tiny, subtle comments, um, things that are called microaggressions, uh, jokes, words that pierce who you are, that people are saying without even realizing what they're doing. Um, 
often come from those perspectives and paradigms that we don't even realize are present to the kind of bigger side of it of those mass systems that govern life here um, like in New Zealand the education system our justice system things like that um, and to outright racist behavior I think it's easy for us to kind of categorize racism or discrimination as the angry people that you see yelling at someone on the street because it's more visible than other kinds of oppression. Well, at least more visible to me than other kinds of oppression because I've never had to experience those tiny, subtle microaggressions in those everyday kind of experiences. But I really encourage you to see oppression, oppression and discrimination and racism in all its forms. And I think to do that, you kind of need to take your lens off and put on another paradigm, another way of seeing the world and start to build a greater awareness of the experiences that other people go through on a daily basis that I've never even had to create space in my brain to process what that means. Like imagine it as a tree, okay? So a tree has sprouted out from the ground and we all have the understanding that we can see part of the tree and it's visible. And then beneath the tree, there's all these roots and there's a, there's soil that helps give the tree life and brings it together. And I think the more we can start to see the tree, not for just what's above the ground, but for what's below the ground as well, the stuff that we're maybe not so aware of, our unconscious bias, our paradigms that we hold, the more you can see the roots and stuff below the surface of the ground, the more you're empowered to be able to uplift other people because you become more aware of some of those things that maybe you didn't even know were there before. Like you couldn't even see them because they were below the ground and you're able to explore your role in deconstructing everything that oppresses people and um, what I would say, <laughs> awakened, I have no idea, uh, less ignorant, what's the word, in a better way than what you have before because you're able to see more of the whole picture and I don't think we like for me, I'm never going to be able to understand or comprehend or fully empathize with what it means to experience um, certain levels of oppression and discrimination because I, like I'm white and I've had a totally different way of living in the world than other people have had. And like all those privileges that I was talking about before, but the more I become aware of those privileges and listen to other people's stories and try to see the tree for the whole root network system and the leaves and everything that the roots manifest above the ground, it becomes something that I feel far more aware of than ever before because I'm subtly seeing it for the full picture and I'm not just seeing it for the outright or blatant things, but I'm seeing the subtleties and the nuances and the ways that different systems and structures impact people 
and all of this and it's not for my ego to know that oh hey I'm doing my bit it's it's to know that I when I'm in different spaces I can be aware of those things and if it's appropriate I can try to help counteract them or do something or call it out in a way that is right because I think at some at some there are some points where um, it's really important for people who are being oppressed and discriminated to be able to share their voices without my voice in the space and um, I think for me to be aware of that and have the humility for that as well is really really important and it's not about me doing the right thing or getting it right it's about that willingness to try to try reframe the picture and to try to see the paradigms that you're living through and try to see those glasses and pull them off and wrestle with it and do it and it's so ugly as well like I have listened to some people's stories and just and just cried because it's so hard it's so hard and it hurts and I think it's really important um, to acknowledge that and to know that and it's not for me to feel good it's so that we can reach a place where our world, we've reimagined it to the point and recreated it and actually done it to the point where we're so much more healthy as a society and as a people because the people who have been marginalized and pushed out are brought into the center of how we operate. And I truly believe that the health of a society really is determined by those who are most oppressed, um, discriminated against, and like in their poorest health or the worst conditions, like I think that's the best measure of how you can measure a society and a structure and how it's working is by whoever is most impacted at the worst level by it. And looking at that as a way of health, I really want to be a part of that restoration process that where we can actually start to shape our society in a way that is moving it towards health and the well-being of all. Because when you've got, when you're empowering the well-being and like acknowledging the mana or or the um, kind of the life force or the person, when you're centering around that you're actually centering around that everyone it's it's not just benefiting that one group it's the health of all of us and I don't know about you but I really don't want to go through life ignorant and unaware um, of the things that I'm doing or saying or um, the ways that I'm seeing the world that are hurting people and I really think that part of my role uh, like after you've kind of address those paradigms, listen to stories, opened yourself up, trying to view things in a different way, um, building your understanding. You can kind of, like I've been exploring what do I think my role looks like in this massive challenge? Because like I was saying, I think it's really important to be able to uh, step back and just not even be in a space, but just to listen. And that often listening is more important than speaking. And for me, my role, I think that, in this challenge we're facing together that it's continually evolving 
I don't want to be someone who just doesn't watch the news because I find it hard and I just ignore everything because, you know, it's not that bad, right? Like, I live in New Zealand. Like, some, I've heard people say this kind of thing and I don't want to go through that asleep and get to the end of my life and have not tried at least to be aware of the challenges and the struggles of other people. And so I see my role as having conversations like this with my family and my friends. I think that's one of the most powerful things that you can do is talking to people and helping them, just helping to try to open up their perspectives as well. I think the more I share about my journeys and my struggles and the tears that I've shared, like when I've been vacuuming the house listening to a podcast that really, really hurts or strikes a chord and that person's story just is so painful to listen to um, and I'm like vacuuming away and just crying, that it's those things that I can share with people and by being vulnerable in that I think it can spur people on to start to explore this whole area of systemic racism or oppression and discrimination that often is quite easy to go, oh, no, I just don't watch the news because it's really overwhelming, you know. And so I just thank you for your patience um, and I welcome any feedback that will help me grow. And this is obviously a very messy conversation, which I think is what it should be. Um, it's not about getting it right. It's about kind of working through it together as we form it. And, yeah, listening as well is really important. So I don't have the answers and it's something that I think we all have to do a deep dive on and it's so complex as well and I acknowledge the complexity and all the emotions that come up around this and I just really want to encourage people to think about this topic and not just discard it and um, ignore it but to have conversations about it, have difficult conversations uh, with your family members, with friends, the people you know. And I think each of us has the ability to create change by connecting with other people and starting to scratch the surface of how we all unconsciously see the world and think and act. I also want to acknowledge our systems and structures that govern us. Um, we have the power to change those too. I just want to say that. Here in New Zealand, we have the incredible ability to speak out, to vote, to challenge systems that oppress people. And conversations are great and action is equally as important. So my challenge to myself out of this conversation that I'm having with myself that people are listening to, which is such a weird concept, but uh, the challenges and goals that I've set for myself are to learn about the history of Aotearoa and Te Tiriti. So in New Zealand, we have something called the Treaty of Waitangi, Te Tiriti or Waitangi, and it um, has a very uh, fascinating history that our nation, um, 180 years this year actually, has been founded on and basically has allowed Pākehā to come in and, uh, yeah, that's huge. Anyway, I really want to research and learn more about that and become more confident in it. Learn about the land and the area I'm privileged to call home and its history and all about that. I'm really excited to dig into that. And I want to continue to scratch the surface of different 
worldviews and trying to build my understanding whilst knowing that I will never be able to fully comprehend other people's experiences. Um, I can try to understand and try to see that picture of the tree from an angle that includes the roots and all those things that maybe I've never been aware of before. And I want to be able to uplift others as well and create space for others at tables where I've been able to sit at as a birthright. And then to, you know, I love this idea that um, we talk about making a seat for everyone at the table, but like flipping the table on its head and let's go have a picnic in the bush somewhere else instead, like <laughs> that kind of thing. So being able to do that, I think, is really exciting and challenging and it will be an ugly process, I know. It is very ugly. I think of, if you've never heard of Kim Kardashian's ugly cry face, that is how I have imagined or how I've seen this process being at points. And I think that's really important. Um, And it's not for me to go, oh, it's so painful to go and deconstruct the paradigms. It's not that. It's, It's knowing that that's an important part of what we're doing and like I say you know hard things that's where you grow so kia kaha be strong and go forth deconstruct bias and uplift other people it's an ugly process and heartache but that means that you're alive and you have empathy and so yeah thank you for taking this time to listen to my voice it's an honor and a privilege and I do really want to highlight other voices as well and so I encourage you to go back to the start of this episode and check out some of the people that I shared, and yeah, go out there and listen. It's really important. Good stuff. Let's do it. Have an epic week, and we'll see you back here next week for another episode of the Scrap Paper Pioneers podcast.